Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza! Yakuza! Yakuza Kick Radio! 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Spirit of Dragon in the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it, Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that doctor, homie. Fuck that. Black dude. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. What's going on? Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cat Morris. Back at this shit again, man. First off, well, yeah, how about the motherfucking Niners, man? Start off the season three and five. Going to the, the divisional round of the fucking playoffs. Fucking Cowboys ain't got none of that shit to talk about. You know what's funny to me is like, man, like the Eagles fans and the Giants fans and the, the people who have mutually hated the Cowboys coming out of the woodwork talking like, <laughs> like they with us too. They're like, yeah, Niners won. It's like, hold up. First off, Eagle fans, y'all got the shit kicked out of you. Way too close to fucking my game time to be too happy about any fucking thing. Like, if y'all give a fuck about football to that extent, y'all should still be quiet. <laughs> you tell me to stomp the shit out of y'all before we even got to playing. So, um, yeah, settle, settle down, guys. You shouldn't be running up to speed with our bandwagon, let alone jumping on it. So, punk motherfuckers, goddamn. Um, but yeah, I'm hyped, you know. I mean, we're just on a roll right now. So, 
So to be in contention at this point after starting off so slow and, you know, we're, we're hitting fucking new levels. So I'm excited. You know, anything can fucking happen this season is real and unpredictable. We're three wins away from the, the, the fucking strap. You know what I mean? Three wins away from that fucking ring. And, uh, you know, anything can fucking happen. Um... So yeah, uh, a couple couple little tidbits and stuff. Uh, you know, people um, that passed away. Bob Saget was one that that jumped out to me. I don't, you know, usually just speak on everybody that dies or anything like that. But you know, the ones that jump out at me is people that you know really made a mark or you know stood out to something during you know their life to me. You know, that doesn't mean they haven't accomplished it. I'm just saying, like, you know, people act like they, they were the biggest fans of things when, when people die. But, you know, the whole time they weren't saying shit, you know. They're just trying to be part of something in the end. But um, Bob Saget, like, you know, obviously way, way back, Full House, watched all that shit as a kid. Um, but, you know, seeing how he went from that and the – America's Funniest Home Videos. This guy had an entire life just completely cut out for him with the the dad role, the, you know, pretty dry humor, just kind of, you know, almost dad joke kind of shit that he was doing on the uh, America's Funniest Home Videos. So that was kind of like just his role cut out for him is, is doing that type of thing. And then, like, that just wasn't what he was underneath all of it. He was a dirty comic, you know, he was, he was a comics comic. He wasn't just like, oh, that clean guy that's made famous on this show that, that rides a wave. This guy was legitimately doing clubs and he was doing the scene with, with all these just absolute killers out there. And he was another one of them. He, he was nasty. And, um, you know, we got to see him live. I'm so glad I got to see some of the people, you know, I got to see live and, it's so crazy that, you know, things have gone so fast this way where, you know, I got to see Bob Saget live and, and now he's gone. And it's like, you know, you just never know. For a start, I mean, he did almost a two-hour show the, the night that he died. You know, that, that he did the show, flew to Orlando, and I think died in a hotel. And, um, yeah, it's sad. Like I said, I mean, for me, like, I, I'm glad I got to to see him before he went surely didn't think that was like on the table but it is for every one of us it really is like we we don't have any kind of guarantee that oh this isn't the year Uh, clearly i'm too young for that ain't nobody too young for shit motherfuckers die before they're born motherfuckers die when they're born one year old six month old three hours old it don't fucking matter there is no too fucking young motherfuckers get wiped off this this planet on a regular basis Anybody who's going to walk around like that shit, you ain't on the fucking table. You know, you're not smart enough to be here. So (laughs) your time's probably already almost up if if you're in that heavy of denial that uh, shit is sweet out here because everybody can get it. And, um, yeah, it's. I I was lucky enough, you know, I kind of caught like this. You know, wrestling kind of died out in my mind where it just wasn't it wasn't something I wanted to attend anymore. So there was nothing to really attend. I wasn't really, um, you know, seeing anything else live. 
And I had seen some comedy shows over the years and everything, but I seemed to just really lean into enjoying that more, like more consistently enjoying that. Not, you know, hit and miss shows where every third show or fifth show I really enjoyed and the rest of them were just kind of like, eh, this fucking same old bullshit. And just like, it feels like a chore. And yeah, it started to get tedious because it was so hard to find what I actually liked that obviously that just wasn't the majority of the product anymore. So it didn't make sense to continue to push into something that, that didn't have what I, you know, what I was spending my money for, what I was spending my free time with. I, you know, I work hard. I work six days a week. That shit hasn't changed in 20 fucking years. So you understand, like, the whole time that I was attending wrestling, I was still working this very same schedule I'm on now. I was working around going to that shit. You know, if it was a double header, I had to, you know, on a Saturday, I had to take the fucking day off. I tournamented that day off. You know what I mean? Like, this this type of shit... I always worked that way, so you know it, it um it, it just shifted for me where it wasn't it wasn't that anymore. And um, I started really turning up on the comedy shows, and it was like right before fucking COVID hit. So I got lucky to see like Dice and and Bob Saget and um, um, Joey Diaz and you know so many guys like in a row. We were just knocking them out, and it was like. The next year was going to be, like, full force. We were going to line up as many fucking comedy shows as we could, like, within local range. And then everything came slamming down. But, you know, who would think that, you know, a guy like, like that, he'd be going like that soon? I mean, we've we've seen Artie Lang, you know. Like, uh, you, again, would not think that all these people would be dropping around Artie. The Norms, the Bob Saggots. These are guys that they all worked hand in hand. And you just, you don't know. that That number isn't so determined. You know, it isn't, well, clearly he's fucking up, so he's gone. You know, I mean, it many, many times it, it follows that pattern, but there's those exceptions to the rule, and it's, uh, it's, it's wild shit, man. So rest in peace, Bob. I mean, he entertained the shit out of me, and um, very, very funny dude, and you, you don't hear anybody really say anything bad about the dude. And he was around Hollywood and the whole business for a long time. So, you know, shout out to that. Um, John Madden was another one that, that passed and, you know, legendary coach, absolutely staple as far as, uh, John Madden football goes, the, uh, the video game, you know, he, for years, he really did lots with the, the commentating. So the commentating, I always hated, like I, I would make fun of him for the entire fucking game. Cause he would just say the most obvious shit on the planet. And that was his contribution was just telling you if he, if he catches more balls, and the other receiver, he'll lead the team in yards. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, if this team outscores the other one, they're going to win this football game. What the fuck is this? They're paying this fucking? Yeah, that that was just like the way that he, he did shit. But, I mean, you go back to his coaching record, you go to the, um, the amount of attention to detail that he put into his input into Madden when Madden was created – it really laid the groundwork for a very realistic game, and that was uh, something that we're still playing with fucking forever. There'll be Madden football. I don't think there'll be a, a day that they just stop making Madden football. I mean, that shit's probably going to carry on until you're fucking virtual playing an actual football player in your living room, and it'll probably still be called Madden football, the virtual Madden and shit. You'd be out in the backyard with fucking... I unlocked Barry Sanders. He's fucking shaking you in the yard and shit, diving on your face. You know. But, uh, yeah, it's it's wild to see so many of these just 
iconic names disappear. You really, um, you know, really, it, it takes life takes a different shape. And as, and as you watch this shit pass and, and people pass around you, you're like, yeah, like this is the atmosphere gets different. You know, the uh, the structure of everything. You know, you, you just start seeing things and it's just, just not the same anymore. There's not this guy just isn't there anymore. Betty White, you know, Betty White was uh, an absolute warrior for animals. You know, that's that's where she always registered with me. You know, I, I like Golden Girls and all that, and obviously an iconic show, but, you know, I'm not, like, a huge fan of any of that, really. But this woman is, I mean, she she was um, a supporter of animals and animal welfare and the things that I do. For so fucking long, like for her entire life, she she did that type of shit. And you understand, like they started a um, Betty White challenge, which is like uh, on her birthday, you donate five dollars to a shelter, you know, five dollars or more, whatever you want to do, um, to any animal shelter. So every shelter out there, we put out the call, you know, for uh, donations to say, hey, you know, in her honor, we would be honored if if you picked us to, you know, fulfill this this wish. And, um, yeah, like, our shelter alone brought in $60,000 on Monday. Like, that's some real shit. That's some really real shit, man. That That is a powerful person right there. So I, I really hope that continues on a yearly basis and her memory lives on and the mission that she spent her life working on, the shit that really mattered, you know, not just the comedy show that you remember from her you know, password or whatever fuck, um, you know, all of this shit um, that she really, really worked hard and, and uh, you know, stood for. That's the type of thing you'd like to see carry on because, uh, I mean, that, that's a crazy legacy. You know, that's 99 years on this planet. That's wild. Just short of that hundred. You know, and on the hundred, I would I would imagine that millions of dollars poured into animal shelters if you added across the entire country because you're saying just just us just small you know organization we we took in sixty gram you know um, through donations and, and that's that's fucking phenomenal so I mean much credit to her I mean to me like you know when someone lives that long it's hard for me to really have like oh, my God, how could that happen? Because, I mean, shit, 99 motherfucking years? But to leave that type of legacy is something special regardless, you know. And, uh, you know, that's that's some real shit. I just, I just can't have nothing but respect for that, you know. So rest in peace, Betty. Like, she she did fucking work. So, you know, that's, uh, that's just that stuff. Um, I was talking about, uh, yo, Kanye, speaking of some other shit that I don't respect. Kanye put out a song, Easy, and this shit is hard as fuck. Like, yo, I uh, I fuck with this song hard, but Kanye's verse is such fucking garbage that, yo, like, I'm, I'm like, yo, could this dude put out, like, a remix without him on it? Could he... Could he just go to back to just producing? Like, just, just produce some shit. Like, that game starts out on a track. Like, if you threw Conway on the next verse and make it a three verse and throw Papoose on the third. You know, do some shit like that. Bring Ferris Blues in there. Fucking hit, throw him on that shit. No fucking idea what, what, what motherfuckers could do with this beat. 
That beat is crazy. And the hook, come on, man. You got to be able to rep some shit out to fucking that shit when it comes on with game. You know, by the time it gets Kanye, Kanye's gotten too fucking crazy to not say some suspect shit on a fucking, on a track. He He's just going to get into some per- shit that's a little too personal, a little too butthurt, a little fucking weird. Yeah, I mean, like, that's just what he does. That That's who he is now. So you can't just get him on a track and like, what do you, what's the lyrics you wrote today? Oh, I'm going to beat Pete, Pete Davidson's ass and I'm, we should go to court and pick up your, your sister who's Courtney and we'll go to courts. And it, bro, you, you got you to gotta fucking take that shit home. You got to go tell that to a therapist. And then, oh, he, he said some, something about he, he don't, uh, he don't negotiate with therapists. Like, bro, you should be negotiating with a team of fucking therapists. There should be a motherfucking a squad that fucking handles your every fucking thought and helps you fucking figure it out because you say some stupid ass shit on the fucking track, man. Like, ruined his own motherfucking song. I mean, I still fucking rock it, but by the time his verse comes on, I'm just trying to be in some kind of other zone that doesn't even hear his bullshit. Or, or I'll use, like, the anger I have towards his motherfucking lyrics to push through whatever sets and shit I'm hitting in there or whatever. Like, I... I could rock with game shit, you know, fucking Kanye gets on, I'm like, what is he doing, man, like, what the fuck are you doing right now, like, you're not riding the beat, there's no, there's no, there's no purpose to what he's fucking doing, it's like, it's some wild shit, man, it's some real stupid shit, and then, like, he's got, like, a monkey with its fucking skinned, skinned on the fucking, like, that's the, that's the cover to it, to that track, for fucking what, like, I don't understand, bro, like, I understand people are outraged by it, and, you know, he didn't do a fucking thing to a monkey, it's still, it's still not nice imagery, imagery, um, not that, you know, that's what rap's known for, is nice imagery or anything, but, like, you know, it's just for no fucking reason, you know what I mean, like, who needs to look at that, like, it, if I throw the track on and look down at my phone, I see it like, oh, this fucking guy again with that. You know what I mean? Not like this needs to be taken off the market or uh, it is what it is, but it's just like I'd rather not look at some bullshit when I stare, you know, look down at my phone and skip to that track. So I don't know. He's just, he makes terrible fucking decisions. I don't know how he's as rich as he is because he should have blown all his fucking money on scratch-offs or some shit by now because this dude is fucking mental. Like, there's some major wrong shit with that dude. I'm surprised he didn't try to dig a tunnel to the other side of the world or something so he could have his own uh, traveling path and shit. You know, this this guy's this guy's a problem, man. Like, <laughs> so I, I just wish he could he could just produce because he does have some shit where he could put out a fucking track. Like, that shit is real, and I ain't, I'm not done fucking with that track. That shit that shit is a a top listen right now, but man, is his fucking lyrics bad. She should attach some shit in court to that. It should be part of the divorce. He should lose more money on the fucking verse. I hope fucking Pete sues him. Somebody fucking sues him because fuck that. Not because like, again, like how dare he say that? I don't care about anything he fucking says. I'm, I'm just mad that he said all of this shit. I'm just mad that any of that shit even came out of his fucking mouth on a track that, that went into my fucking Apple Music. So, you know, ain't got shit to do with uh, the actual offense or anything like that. Ain't shit edgy about what he's saying. Something fucking wrong with him. 
Um, Tremont's back to taking scaffold bumps in front of, like, 100 people. I don't know what the fuck's wrong with this guy. Like, this guy walks like he's crippled at, like, 30 years old. Um, I don't know what show that even was, but he took a bump, like, they threw him, like, off the fucking scaffold into the ring, just, like, just him in the ring. It's just, it's just wild. I don't, I don't understand. What's the, what's the purpose of this, this, uh, this low end, uh, budget mutilation? You know, this, this. It's like just section eight crippling. You know, I, I don't understand. It, it's some, some real just like bum shit. It's just like I could barely move. Please support me. I barely have a place to live. Da 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 da. Oh, these burns, these this, oh, he didn't pay Onita, like, all this other shit just keeps circling and circling, and then it's like, yeah, let's just continue to do damage to this already beyond damaged body, and, and you know, one minute you're retired from in, in-ring shit, next minute you're taking, again, taking bumps in front of fucking nobody that nobody's talking about, nobody's seeing. I bet you still feel that shit. There, there's, a, there's a problem with this. It's not... To me, it's not entertaining anymore. Um, Jeff Jarrett and GCW. I um, I had talked to Shaheen about this, and you know he was like really dead set against this. By the way, shout out to Shaheen. He's doing um. Oh man, what the fuck is the name of his show? Mondo Project Mondo, and he has a Break the Apocalypse. I think those are the two names of the shows. Again, Shaheen's crazy with the names. Like, he'll have another three shows by the time this year's out. But, uh, and I ain't gonna remember those shits either. But, uh, shout out to Shaheen. Look him up. All the shit he's doing. Nuclear Heat Graphics. You know, as always, commission him. Do the solid fucking work. But, uh, yeah, I was talking to Shaheen about, uh, the Jeff Jarrett thing. And he's, like, dead set against it. It's corny that he's bringing him and this and that. And to me, like, I'm cool with it. Like, I actually think it's all right. You know, I I would have a problem if Jeff Jarrett showed up in the world title picture. I I would have a problem, not that I give a fuck about anybody's world title picture, but, like, if I was a fan, if I was a regular attending fan, and he, like, laid out Mox or some shit, I think Mox has the title, right? And that I'd be like, ah, that's, you know, now we're now we're getting into weird shit. Instead of Mox coming to the indies and wrestling all these indie guys, now we're going back to like the TV guys that he's working. That would that would annoy me. Um, Effie, first off, I think Effie's insanely overrated, but um, he's he's got like a program going with him. So it's like you know, mid card, huge fucking name, and again, as long as look. You use a guy like this sparingly. You don't you don't put him at the top of your card. You don't give him creative control of your locker room. You don't you know, you don't give this fucking guy any more than like this is a cameo appearance by a guy that many people know very, very fucking well. And, you know, maybe it brings a little bit of entertainment to something somewhere. But I, I don't think it's it's harmful. I, I you know especially when you're still doing your, your high flying matches with your uh, Alex Zanes and your uh Blake Christians and all that shit. You're doing all that stuff. You're doing a little bit of deathmatch stuff with Alex Colonna and whatnot. And then you got, uh, you know, Mox and, and, and uh, Homicide's coming back. And I feel like they got enough on the card. Janela, they, they got a lot of guys that are doing some, uh, you know, some entertaining stuff, like the indie-style entertaining stuff. 
but I think right now the thing is is GCW is without question, and we'll we'll talk back on them a, a bit too because I have some other stuff to get into that'll bounce back to that. But um, GCW is without question the top indie right now. Like just there's no fucking maybes about it. So the more eyes that they could appeal to, the better. If you could throw a couple known names in there just to fucking grab another handful of eyes, your shit is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And you're already tied to a TV company. So it's like, to me, it's, it's, it's a wise business move to use in sparing positions, not to change the face of your company or change and take over something, but to use sparingly in a way where other people have used too much. You know, you use just a hint of something that people have doused their fucking recipe with and ruined the fucking meal. And you just go, no, I'm just giving you a little tiny touch of that. And before you can get too upset about it, it's gone. We're, we moved on already. That was just a little part of the show. You know what I mean? And, and I think that works in, in that capacity. Again, if things change and suddenly Jeff Jarrett's the new GCW champion, I will be completely on board with this was ridiculous that they're going this route. Um. And again, I, I don't even watch the product. This is just my, I'm always just giving kind of my commentary from afar. You know, stuff that I used to be entertained with, stuff that I could see is now entertaining lots of people, but wouldn't be for me, you know. And, and I just try to give my commentary on it. That That's kind of my stance as a regular uh, rule. Um, but yeah, um, oh, and by the way, before I forget about Joey, um, Joey's working his ass off. I, I could see that shit. The dude's got um, some definition finally, and um, and I don't mean finally to be a dick, but in the same token, like I, I pressed for a long time saying that Joey could be a lot better if he just actually applied himself and and pushed himself uh, physically, and that's because like he he's legit to me. Like that dude's a, a natural at a lot of things. Um, I I always said on the early going, he rem- reminded me of Trent because I think he has a lot of natural talent. And that's the thing is, for a while, motherfuckers will coast on natural talent because they did just wake up and do shit. Where other motherfuckers have to train day and night to get to where they even just wake up. And I think a lot of times that was Joey, but that shit will also create laziness. And as years go, what was working is no longer working, and then it becomes sloppier and people are passing you by. When you had such like a good starting point that you could excel beyond these motherfuckers if you just applied yourself. So that's the only reason I was always like, um, you know, real blunt and fucking aggressive about, you know, shit talking Joey when when he wasn't stepping up to the plate. Because I knew his capabilities were, were so high that it's disappointing to see a guy just on cruise control. So um, I just, just wanted to put it out there because like I've always said like I... I I keep shit 100%. Like, I don't I don't just say shit to say shit. I don't say shit just because I only want to bury people and not bring up positives. When I see positives, I'll talk about positives. But if you ain't doing shit but negative, don't get too mad at me. Like, that, that's your life. That's not that's not the way that I'm carrying shit. That's the way that you're carrying shit, and I'm just talking about it. Or, or, or through, through my eyes, that's the way it's coming off to me. So, um, is what it is. But good shit, Joey, man. Keep your shit up, man, because... I mean, this, this AEW thing is, is really, has done huge, huge things. Things I, I, and he was on the ground floor of that shit, you know? Not that he was an integral part in the actual success of the company or anything like that, but he was a guy who was there since day one. 
and has, again, the sky's the limit for a guy like him. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, good luck to him, though, you know? Um, yeah, um, what else do I got? Uh, yo, man, like, I don't know, like, what kind of commentary it says on, on the, uh, the country or what, but I, you just get random, like, spam text that says, like, hey, Jay, you could lose 32 pounds in three weeks. And I'm like, first off, like, I would die. <laughs> like, I'd be in the fucking hospital. Like, there is no way that would be, like, celebrated whatsoever. Like, it, we're like, you hear Jay lost 32 pounds? It would be like, Jay lost 32 pounds. Like, that's like, they would say it like I'm in grave condition. They wouldn't say like, oh, my God, how did you lose 32 pounds? Like, I answered a spam text. You know, and like, first off, and like, what does it say like that th- there's enough people that need to lose 32 pounds that there's a good chance that spam text is going to reach enough people? <laughs> like, there's a good chance you need to lose 32 pounds and I don't know shit about you. Like, wow, that's, that's a fat ass country, I guess. Um, that and I think like on the other end of that sound, because now we never click the link, but I'm sure it's, a, it's like a, a link to a meth dealer or some shit because. I can't imagine losing 32 pounds in in three weeks in a healthy manner. Like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like that sounds like too much too quick, but I've never been a need a weight loss guy. I mean, my metabolism's always been off the charts. I've always been trying to gain, not lose. Um, So I don't know, but I'm pretty sure that's a lot of weight really quick. So, you know, but it's wild. They should, every time I get it, I'm like, they don't know who the fuck they're sending this shit to clearly because it's, you know. Um, Gage was at uh, Violence's Suffering or whatever the fuck it's called. And uh, uh, he was commentating and he was fat. Uh, he, he definitely gained some weight. He looked like a fucking fool. Um, you know, I, I don't understand what the game plan is here. We'll go more into Gage overall but this this commentary thing was just like he was out there for the entire time he was on commentary at least that i heard because a lot of the time i was training i was just i had the shit on my phone in there and i was just watching it on my phone while i was training so you know my eyes weren't on the screen at all times but i heard most of like what he was saying and i didn't hear any mention of why he was out of the ring like why he was currently inactive i i didn't hear any mention of when he's coming back I, there was nothing of that. It was like like this insane elephant in the room when one of the biggest, most popular deathmatch wrestlers in the country is on commentary, commentating a deathmatch show and not mentioning, like, I also do this shit, you know, or like, or I'll be back in here soon, or like... I can't wait to wrestle that guy. Like, there's there's just no talk of, like, yeah, and... And here's how I apply to this thing. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's just fucking strange. There was, like, this weird disconnect where they just, like, just ignored the elephant in the room. And um, even to the extent of Atticus, Kogar uh, went over there after his match and, like, did, like, a dog kicking, trying to bury his own shit. Like, he turned around and, like, kicked his feet behind him. Like, fuck you. And Gage is just going, yeah, all day. Yeah, don't worry about it. 
yeah, I'll break your fucking face as, like, Atticus walks away from him and shit. But he's like, all you got is a headset. Like, you don't have, like, anyone holding you back. You don't have... I, like, this is... This used to be Nick Gage. Like, yeah, I mean, you're lucky if he didn't just come in the ring anyway. Like, he saw you on commentary. He saw you catch a win. You looked bad in his direction. He came in, hit you with the choke breaker. You know what I mean? A couple boot scrapes and shit. The fans went nuts. That's old Gage. Old Gage is like, you didn't have to ask him to fucking fight. Like, he was just there to do that shit. And he was angry at everybody all the time. You know, like, this is this is the different Gage where, like, you can come disrespect him and he'll be like, yeah, fuck you, punk. Like, what do you, what is this? It, it's just, it looks really bad. And they're just continuing to just try to make this work. Like, different companies will just have less standards and continue to try to make this fucking charade work with Gage. But the fact of the matter is, is the dude's in trouble. The dude's not doing well. He's not sober. He's fucked up on a regular basis. Supposedly, um, GCW's not using him until he's sober. From that, That's at least what I've, I've heard. And because of that, GCW's not using him. Now... I'll tell you how I feel about that. I also saw an Instagram post uh, today. Someone sent to me that um, it said this. uh, According to a report, Deathmatch legend Nick Gage has reportedly fallen out of favor with GCW and plans to start his own promotion sometime later this year. Well, the thing about that is um, that's – what I'm hearing that's that's what I've been hearing is that they're not using him unless he completed a program that he was he was given the opportunity to to go into which like you know you didn't have to pay for you didn't have to you know it was just like you go in there and get better and he couldn't do it he he couldn't last that and that's that's another thing where you know I keep telling motherfuckers like cut it out with that say that to his face shit because this dude needs to beat his own demons fuck beating me or anybody else because i i beat my shit yeah i mean so if you can't live up to where the fuck i'm at like i don't want to hear about how tough you are and all that like worry about yourself bro you got you got way more shit you can't get out of bed without needing some shit in the morning so you know i mean like i I wouldn't worry about me too much you know because that's that's a bad route you know i got my shit together so um at least uh, to a lot better extent than than in a gauge um and uh it's just it, it's sad because the thing is is Brett used Nick gauge and Brett as far as I'm concerned he's always been a weasel so i i saw from the start i thought he he was using Nick he wasn't his fucking friend i mean he was his friend for the sake of a meal ticket and he got that when gauge got out he rode that fucking train to the point where GCW became his. Like, there was so much of that connection that helped all of this shit come together. That gave Brett credibility. Because that was Nick's guy. That was, you know, and he he had his, you know, his connection from CCW. So he, he used one thing to get to the next thing. But he, he just continued to leapfrog and, and put himself in better positions. And anyone who got burnt in the process, it just was what it was. I mean, look at... Him and Danny DeMano uh, acquired GCW, then JCW, from Ricky O. Well, Ricky O had more of a connection with Danny DeMano, not Brett. The, the connection was all Danny. So then, 
the, when they partnered up and this and that, somehow when all of it shook out, Brett Lauderdale became sole owner and Danny got pushed out. So you, you see what I mean? Like that wasn't even his real connection to begin with. So whatever happened, happened. I don't know. You know, I'm not on the inside of any kind of business or any shit like that, nor do I really give a fuck. But you see who, who came out in the end because that's how he works, you know. And then the Gage thing, again, ran its course. But, you know, when Gage went to fucking prison, he came out. It was MDK. Well, no, actually, I'm sorry. When he came out, there wasn't any of that shit. There was, that wasn't, the, the, all of that gang shit really didn't happen the first time around. It was back to kind of old Gage. He was, he was uh, ignited. He was fucking hyped. And it just, before a year was out, he violated and he was back in. Now, when he first came out the first time, I said, man, like, if this dude could find another way in life that's not wrestling and it keeps him alive, I would love to see it. And, you know, you heard him on, on the, the interviews and, and uh, shoots. And, yeah, for people who think that I shouldn't wrestle anymore, wrestling's my fucking life. Oh, fuck yourself, pussy. I'll die in this ring. Yeah, you will. And the problem is, is that's not that's not dope. That's not... That's not really that dope. Like you're you're talking it like it's like this this awesome route you've chosen in life because that's who you are. Like no, actually you could be better than that. You know you could find a way to do this because when when it comes down to it, like um it could be bigger than you've been with it. You know because again look at look at the opportunities presented to him in AEW. This dude walked out on TV with track marks on his arm. You you um you got an opportunity to walk out there on TV and have those commentators putting you over like you're an absolute walking legend. So be that as it is, you can focus, you can lock in, you can get yourself clean, and you could you can go make fuck a million dollars doing what you're doing. But if that other shit is too heavy, then, then you can't do shit. And at that point, you're better off not doing any of this, finding a way to live a new life and, and coming up with something that, that gets you to continue to just live on this planet. You know, I was, I was a huge, huge Nick Gage fan, and I'll always be a fan of that Nick Gage, and I'll, I'll rock the shirts and, and all of that shit because that, that shit was special to me. What he brought to the table was special. He, he, to me, I said it years ago on his show, if you want to go back in the archives, he was the Stone Cold Steve Austin of the fucking indies, of CZW. He, he was that Stone Cold Steve Austin. When that voodoo music hit back in the day, pre-fucking bell tolls, when voodoo hit, you knew shit was about to go down. Shit was about to go down. When Nick Gage came out there, there was no smiles, there was no smirks, there was no shout-outs, there was no fucking nothing. There was just actual just violence fucking violence and you'd later on hear that uh you know like he's a cool ass dude in the back like you talked to him after the show and he was cool as shit he didn't need to show you that on camera any like there was just a different cat out there it was a different fucking guy and this is this is a guy who's out there peddling and you guys are too dumb to see through it this mdk shit this always for the fans it's for the fans it's the fans so we can hit you up later because He's on that bullshit. And, you know, this has been facilitated throughout. Too many of you motherfuckers slid an addict to beer and then pretended like you cared about his well-being later. You know, I saw that shit early on when 
um, he came out the first time, and uh, we saw him at TOD. And me and Nina had gone, and at the time, I was 100% straight edge, no smoking weed, no, 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 no. Um, and so we went, and it was just like, uh, we had, like, fucking berries and shit in a cooler. We had, we had ice-cold waters and sparkling waters and fucking berries in little uh, Rubbermaid containers and shit. All chilled out and shit, so on, on intermission, it's all hot, we're out there eating fucking ice cold berries and shit, <laughs> just chilling, and we're over there, and we see Nick, I'm like, hey, Nick, what's going on, we hadn't seen him, you know, and uh, he's like, hey, what's up, guys, big fucking smile hit his face, he came over, dapped me and shit, and then, like, he kind of looked around, he's like, so what's going on, what are you, what are you guys up to, and we're like, just chilling, man, just, you know, nothing else, and he's like, all right, and then he just kind of, like, slow backed away, like, not the same, like, energy you walked up with. And then there was, like, you know, somebody, like, a few cars down there were like, yo, Nick. And they, like, raised the beer and shit. That motherfucker picked up speed in that direction, you know. And then next thing you know, we look over and he's sipping a beer and shit. This is what I mean, like, when a guy has a fucking opiate addiction and it's to the point of him walking into a bank in broad daylight... And, and robbing the fucking bank and spending five years away. You're not doing him a favor. You're not being good to the guy by giving him a beer, like, and just expecting him to handle it. And like, oh, nah, he's cool. He's cool. Is he cool now? Is he is he good now? Ask more questions, guys, because why was the leader of MDK and all of this in the face of GCW now not working for GCW? Why Why the fuck do you think that is? But again, let me go back to Brett and I might not be using him because he's not clean, but don't mistake that for caring. Brett's now bigger than Gage. Brett's far bigger than Gage because GCW is the top indie in the country. Now, Gage was a big part of making that happen, but at this point, Gage is a liability. They had nothing to lose initially. They could throw everything against the wall. Marcus Kramer Schlack and cocaine matches and uh um the uh what the fuck was that place called? Uh what the fuck was that called? And Howell. Uh I don't know. That that joined fucking Howell. Um they had the motherfucking that shit fogged out with light tube dust. Like you, you walked in there and it was like Cheech and Chong's house and shit and it wasn't smoke at all. It was motherfucking light tube dust. That's how thick that shit was in the air. We used to hear fucking myths, you know, not myths, but like, yeah, yeah, like it's mercury in here and it's it's uh, dangerous and you don't want to breathe that shit in. Like, when we first started going, like a light tube would bust and you'd hold your breath if they were swinging it towards you and shit. Make sure you didn't get none of that shit in you. This shit was thick in the air where, like, you couldn't breathe air without inhaling what the fuck was going on. They had nothing to lose. They were doing everything they could. So Gage fit right into that plan because Gage was the most reckless. He was, you know, he was the guy who just got out of fucking prison for robbing a bank in broad daylight. And here he was with free reign at all the drugs and alcohol and anything that that can be passed around because the party atmosphere was higher than fucking ever. Well, GCW, once they took shape and they became this, this giant entity of... um just fandom. I mean, the uh, they go to Cali, they pack a house. They go to Indy, they pack a house. They go anywhere they go, they fucking 
they sell out. They sell out shows all over the place. But now, if a guy dies in that fucking locker room, you know, like, you know, I I had heard from from multiple people that, like, when he was supposed to wrestle, I think Cologne. It was after um, after the Sadika match. That was like the next day. Everybody wanted to lean on Sadika and shit, but like from what I heard, he was he was uh, drug sick. He wasn't he wasn't physically unable to perform because of Sadika. He, he was he was not the fuck out in the locker room. Nah, nah. I mean that's just what I heard, man. I wasn't there. I don't know facts or anything like that. But all these things that I heard, all the rumors that I've heard throughout time, and I've heard a lot. I'm not just gonna put everything out there, but I've heard a whole lot of eyewitness accounts and and things that people have seen and and actions. But when all of this is just rumor it follows a certain pattern to become truth. You know, you you really see the results of the things that are supposedly happening and go, yeah, that coincides with exactly what I heard. All this shit adds up. This is all perfect math as to what I heard and what's going on. Everyone wanted to jump in and defend. I saw him last weekend. He was doing great. Da, 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 da. Understand that there are functional addicts out there that you won't really know that they're on it until they're off of it. And when they're off of it, they're not themselves. That's when they can't function right. That's when they seem out of it. That's when they seem, you know, because for a while, you know, that shit puts you in another world. But then once you get used to it, it only makes you normal. So that's that's where you guys are blurring him being a right a little bit, I think. But um, now we're at this point. How many? How many more die, guys are gonna die again? You you could say that Marcus Crane shit. Oh, you know we're we're deeply saddened by the yeah, it's cool. But remember cocaine match? Like remember remember how he was the snowman and you would announce him as that all of a sudden? You know when when he just added that to his his title because he was doing so much coke that it was just like he's just gonna be that guy. That's that's you know that's a shame. That's a shame when that guy doesn't exist on the planet. It's all fun and games until a motherfucker's gone, and then wait a minute, that joke wasn't that funny then, because if the end result is if the punchline to this joke overall is a is a young dead guy, that sucks. And now I'm not I'm not so entertained by but what we were uh, agreeing was so funny or so entertaining. It's not as dope now. Because I, I didn't I wasn't signing up to watch guys actually die. Deathmatch wrestling is is a term, but it's not supposed to be where you buy a guy's shirt and then he dies. But um it's become more commonplace now and, and you can't blame a guy at this point, like a Lauderdale, who yeah, you know, so much of G C W was built off of like a Nick Gage. And not just a Nick Gage, I mean he was integral. In, in GCW's growth. I think between Nick Gage and Joey Janela, those are the two guys that, that put GCW on their back as far as making it a brand. The Joey Janela's spring break and the things that they did with that were monumental, possibly, uh, I mean, rivaling or, or right up there with the impact that Nick Gage made with his GCW, his uh, MDK movement and the, the NGIs and the, TOSs and, the, you know, the the big Tremont showdowns and the, the world title runs and all that stuff. But, like, those those two really did big things. So I understand every bit of what Gage meant to GCW and why uh, 
you know, he, he um, I don't, I don't even know like what I'm trying to say as far as uh, I could see why someone would say, well, why wouldn't they help him or why? But, but if the the rehab was on the table to fix him, and he refused that, well, then what can you do other than watch him die? And you can just you can just fast forward. I, I would hate to see this happen, but if we do lose Nick Gage, you can just fast forward to. Uh, Brett taking the fucking babyface role and going, I just couldn't watch my friend die, so I couldn't facilitate that anymore, but ah, uh, low late, bro. You know? Remember, the story initially was, when Gage was still locked up, the story was, you partied in AC with him. It wasn't that he partied in AC and called you when he was done. That, that was that was not the story that, that was floating around locker rooms, and hey, Hypothetically speaking, I don't know any facts. I don't know any. I wasn't there for any of this. This any any of the things that are being spoken of. So, all hypothetically speaking, um, but that that was what was being said. So, if we're really gonna try to say that a rabid fucking opiate addict somehow worked his entire addiction around your friendship with him where you had no involvement in that part at all, only the good parts when he felt like he wanted to do right, and then otherwise, yeah, that that was on him. Eh, that, that, that's a hard sell, bro. Real hard sell. But again, at this point, he's not owed anything. He's got to fix his shit because opportunities are all over the place, and... If he got if he got that ultimatum as I'm hearing, and he took the road of, nope, staying the course with this, and I'll just find people with no morals that'll book me, and I'll continue this trend of just showing up how I show up, doing what I do when I leave, and keep hanging on by a thread. But again, it's a shame, and I just wish uh, this would continue where people would stop booking that, people would stop facilitating that. And then when he's got no no means of income via wrestling, all hands on deck, every fucking person that's friends with him, everybody that's fucking close to him, lock in. Get fucking involved in this guy's life. Get get involved in helping him get some place that to to make some moves, some kind of switch, to do something different, to to expand his horizons or something cuz he's caught in this little this little fucking opiate bubble. Not for nothing, that girlfriend looks as fucking addicted as anybody I've ever fucking seen on the side of a liquor store in Newark. You know, I, I don't, I, I don't know why that n- nobody's willing to address that either. But how is this guy gonna get better with that, with that going on right next to him? There's no fucking way. But again, you know. Just wait for the tribute shows, wait for the fucking memorials, and everyone's going to be so surprised. I've been saying this shit for a long time, and I say this shit because it's fact, not because I want to bury somebody or or I want it to be that way. I don't want it to be that way at all. I was the biggest fan, so I don't don't wish this type of shit on anybody, but I'm not going to stay quiet while it it comes uh, barreling down on this dude. Um... Let me see. Oh, what the fuck? I just turned on here. I, um... Let me see what else I got. 
Oh, and speaking of, I, I just mentioned Schlack before. Schlack, I guess, was on a ventilator of COVID. So um, shout out to Schlack. I hope he gets better soon. Um, I hate to see something happen to that dude. He's, he's a good dude. He's a guy I could talk to and is uh, very realistic. You know, um, he gets the type of shit that I talk about. So I love that guy. Um, let me see. I want to talk about um, Perry real quick. Uh, maybe a little Brian in there. So Perry's a guy, very, very sweet guy. Uh, he's, uh, I believe, hearing impaired. I think that's the proper way to say it. I don't know. I know one of, Nina just told me like an hour ago, there's one of those terms that's disrespectful. And I, I definitely don't mean whatever I'm saying about any disability to be disrespectful. Um there's some things to me that it just it just rubs me the wrong way the way it all comes about and um i i don't really know what the polite thing to do is i just know the honest thing to do that like generally like i have to i have to go the way of just straight like just telling you facts because i think when you run into this say the nicest thing road you start lying to people and i don't think that's fair either so perry he suffers from a lot of things you know like this guy like he um he gets very very depressed to the point where he shuts down and you know nothing nothing against you know people that have these type of troubles and things that they're dealing with, but you don't want to fucking run wrestling shows when, when these are things that you're dealing with. When criticism in the slightest cripples you, you don't want to get into a fucking part of the entertainment business. Criticism in the entertainment business is fucking brutal. But also, a lot of it is just fucking honesty entertaining people isn't easy and when it comes down to finding your audience you're going to find a lot of people who were not your audience and they're going to have a lot of bad things to say about what you're putting out there and you have to have a thick skin i don't think there's many people with a thinner skin than perry but the problem is is people like brian who runs the uh iwa B-roll or whatever they call it. Um, Aldi's, the Aldi's IWA. Um, you know, he pumps them up. You can do it, buddy. You could do it. You could do it. You guys aren't really being his friend because then you're fucking lying to him. You'll you'll tell him his show is awesome, no matter what the fuck happens. There's no way he runs a fucking show and you go, I didn't like it, man. You won't do it. Not because there's no chance that he runs a bad show for a guy who's never promoted a show in the history of his in his whole life. Only just aspired to do things that other people were doing. You set this guy up for this this failure and this false sense of I'm doing great because you keep telling them fucking lies to make them feel better. But what's going to happen when he invests hard because he believes in it because his friends have pumped him up and then he takes a fucking bath. 
Like, are you going to give him his money back? Are you going to raise money to refund this guy what he puts out when there's no fucking house, when he draws absolute shit? And you're like, dude, I, and he looks at his fucking supposed friends and goes, why, why the fuck aren't there any people here? Like, you said I was doing the best possible job I was doing. Like, where, where are they? Like, what, what the fuck? To me, that's, that's, that's unfair. I think that's that's a bigger disrespect than to just call things for what they are. You know, like since since he's taken this on, I, I've read a couple of his posts and it's just like the the grammar is horrible, the the logic is horrible. There's like there was one he posted where it was like many uh there's an open challenge for the title. We have received many offers of an open challenge, so we will decide who will answer the open challenge as according to what we decide and book onto the show. And it's like, what, bro, that's that's not the same thing, you know? And it's just like, but someone has to be in his corner with honesty, not just, looks great to me, Perry, it's great, yeah, great, just let me know and I'll share it. No, don't fucking help your friend fail fucking help steer them out of that shit if they, it's not for them and, and again this isn't me just trying to pick this guy's thing apart but it's it's not good nothing about it is good there's not a single thing i saw on it that was like oh that people are gonna love that it, it's just it's just him being put out there you know but again like this, this weird shindy life thing where everybody just run the show for the sake of running a show and success isn't really necessary it, it baffles me i don't understand it but i mean again hopefully he has a good time doing it and everything but man i i don't i i can't co-sign that because that's that's what it is is immediately like you start getting hit up like Oh, can you can you share my thing? Can you No, I'm not fucking like not that he asked me, but I'm just saying like, you know, when you're in the friend group circle, if you start in the Facebook, you know, tit for tat, you share my stuff, I'll promote your shit. You know, whatever. Like you get into that and now you just have to promote garbage on a regular basis because like you're trying to be nice to the kid, but now I don't know what you really like because you're telling me his shit's good to be nice to him, not because it's good. I want when I tell you some shit's good, I want you to believe it's good because I don't say that shit about everything. You know what I mean? That's that's how I feel. That's how you know, like, when you get my opinion on something and I tell you I like it, well, then you can go, shit, man, I, you know, Jay likes that shit. That means something now. It doesn't mean something when you tell everybody that shit because now you're just kissing everybody's ass. You're just trying to be everybody's friend. And, and I'm not interested. I'm interested in that flat honesty. So let's... um. Let's get into this uh, this other thing. So Loudy, um, and you know, Loudy is uh, he's been a nice guy to me over the years. Um, he, to me, has been in over his head since the start. On Point Wrestling, to me, has been this. Um, when it started, it was a Matt Tremont vehicle. It, um, 
you could say Loudy this and that, and I'm sure Loudy had a million points to do with it or whatever, but as far as the fan attraction went, it was a place that Matt Tremont was promoting, and Matt Tremont was very, very over. So in 2012, they started up with uh, um, On Point Wrestling. Um, and, you know, don't don't get too crazy on facts with me, you know, because I, I'm looking at, like, cage match and shit because I – I don't even fucking know. Like, I had to go, like, man, they've been around for a minute, but, like, how long? I don't fucking know. Like, um, so, but when it started up, it was it was Matt Tremont and Loudy. Um, and really, all things tied back to Matt Tremont as far as I'm concerned. Guys were, were working on brother prices, so they were getting discount prices on, like, an Eddie Kingston one month. And the fans would go crazy and be like, you know, please come back. Please come back. Hey, you can't pay Eddie Kingston again next month because he's not going to give you the same one-time brother price. Do me a favor. So you couldn't keep any consistency with, with any names that people wanted to see. But you'd keep kind of like just peppering them in. And I guess expend all of your favors you could possibly expend and keep using like your student-level talent. A lot of these guys, to me, were never good at all. I mean, On Point, from the, the beginning of it, lucked out from really catching a lot of guys who were on the early go, caught them, I mean, right before they popped. Your Janellas, your um, your Tony Deppins, you know, those guys were doing On Point wrestling and, and wrestling a lot of, you know, great matches there right before they, they really popped and became, like, the, the names that they are now. And what they weren't necessarily on point talents, like they weren't born that that wasn't like on point students. But they became like some guys who were just flat out wrestling top notch matches and bringing a lot of attention to the product. <laughs> the product. Um so um you know, you could credit these guys for its and I don't want to say success because that would be fucking silly. Because, you know, On Point in its in its height was like 150, 200 people in the building. And that little shitbox that Matt Tremont lives in now. You know, with one fucking toilet. Like, that. <laughs> when I went there, like, I was like, there's like one room with a toilet for a crowd of wrestling fans? Like, that's fucking bizarre. And, and you know, that's just what it was. It's like, if, if that someone blo- stopped up that fucking toilet... The whole building can't use the fucking bathroom. Like, that's fucking insanity. Um, that's, like, what, what what it was, you know? But, you know, and, and there was so much to it that was just, like, like, emotionally invest was their, was their, uh, their statement. That was their, uh, catchphrase. Or their, their, that was just their, their logo was, you know, emotionally invest in on point wrestling. But you can't fucking tell somebody to emotionally invest in anything. Like, I don't want to hear a wrestler come out and yell at me for me to get on my feet and and clap. You make me emotionally invest. You make me fucking clap for you. You you know, I'm out here as a fucking fan. I'm here. Wow me with your fucking show every fucking month to the point where I'm like, I can't fucking wait for the next show. That's how you emotionally invest in something. That's how I emotionally invested in CZW. That's exactly how I am mostly invested in CCW because when I went there, I was blown the fuck away. And when I went back, I was blown away again. 
And I was like, fuck, man, I got to keep going back to this shit because this is that shit. Like, I've never seen anything like this live before. That's how you emotionally invest, not by telling people, hey, guys, you should love me forever. Like, bro, make me love you, bitch. That's, that's what happens. That's like get into a relationship and be like, fucking love me. You know what I mean? And just tell them that. And just don't, don't try anything. Don't, don't, like, charm them. Just, just tell them that and then just see how long the relationship lasts. Yeah, I mean, we'll just come to an agreement. We'll shake on, like, you're going to stay with me. That's it. And I'm not going to do anything to make you happy. But we agreed. So, I mean, you might as well just keep doing it because that that was what we came to that agreement. It's some stupid-ass shit when it comes right down to it. Um, But the only cool thing about On Point Wrestling to me, as far as, like, what, what it stood for and whatever, was, again, was your match Tremont. And then, you know, the guys, the Joey Janellas, the uh, Tony Deppins, uh, you know. Oz Tyler was a good talent. He was in and out, though. He he retired. So, you know, he was um, kind of a flash in the pan, basically. Um, you know, but but he had a lot of potential, and he was good. Uh, and, um, yeah, he did some good shit. But, like I said, that was that. Um thing else about it to me was a shindy you know and, and it was just it was just a shindy wrapped in fucking bacon you know so you were just like oh this this some really good bacon meanwhile you're eating like you know a piece of shit on the inside and like this is the thing i don't understand why everyone seems to think that if you try to add everything if you try to get all the crowds I don't know why anyone thinks that that's just going to flat out work. There's one thing in running like a various product, uh, you know, kind of a mixed bag product. But to try to hit so many fucking angles at the same time is just foolish. Like, nobody has given a fuck about a single uh, survival of the sickest yet. Like, that, that, that tournament never meant dick to anybody. It never came near Tournament of Death, King of the Death Match, Tournament of Survival, uh, Nick Age Imitational, none of that shit. Uh, uh, what the fuck is the VOW one? To, that, that one has run better tournaments. Um, IWA East Coast has run better tournaments. There's probably been better Carnage Cups. If you go back to some of the old ones when they had stars before they, they got down to just like the dirtiest rednecks you could find to do razor board matches. You know, um... Survival of the Sickest never had any impact on fucking anybody as far as deathmatch wrestling went. People would barely even bring it up. You'd be talking in a circle with people like the deathmatch shows they were going to attend when it when back when it was just like, you know, the tournaments were like the summertime, the deathmatch season. It was deathmatch season, remember that shit? Um at the at the early part of burning deathmatches out, um they made a deathmatch season and it was like summertime and it, that that's when they would do them because they had the outside shows and everything else. But anyway, um, that never meant shit. Remember, remember your answer for best of the best masters of the mat, the fuck out of here with that shit too. Putting shit like Akuma in the finals and, uh, or winning it. I, I think he probably won it. We're talking about like the 2000 fucking tens. Akuma was winning some shit. I, how long ago did fucking Shakara move on from that guy? Like, nobody was fucking using Akuma. It was like, 
the 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 fucking has-beens, the almost was, those guys would become superstars in your company because you were a B company. You weren't a genius. You were a B company, and that's all it ever was. But again, you tried to please all these crowds, but you couldn't match up to any one of them. You can't run a company that competes with wrestling companies. You can't compete with Ring of Honor. You couldn't compete with Evolve. You couldn't compete with all these other fucking companies that did actual wrestling. So when it came down to your wrestling tournament, B-Show, that's it. And you saw your attendance. I ain't got to tell you shit. You didn't pack a fucking house. You weren't stacking people on top of people with a thousand fucking people in a building. You couldn't upgrade your building to fit more people ever. That's just that's just a fact. It, it never got past the fucking entry stage because you couldn't run consistently with any stars people cared about. It, it was mostly these little bullshit students, fucking uh, Xavier Cross. Loudy got to come out and play manager and, and, and do the kid and play dance with fucking this guy with a boa on. Who gives a fuck about any of that? That was for you. That wasn't for anybody else but you. Nobody was like, I can't wait to see Loudy do the foot thing with the other guy. Like, you got to be out of your fucking mind if you think that's entertaining. You know? I, I just, like, some of this shit is just hobby shit. Some of this shit is just, it's for you. And then if we're enjoying it too, then that's great. But it was just something that you dreamed up and wanted to do. And now you're out here doing it. And just like when people are nice to other people and they lie to them, some people lie to you. And you're like, why aren't they here? Where are the people? Where are the people? There are no people. Um, that's that's what it is. And then at some point there was a break off with fucking Matt Tremont, which, you know, I've asked Loudy about. And it's not it's not my business or something that I should have to know or anything like that. But I just, you know, I just want to know because, you know, I talk my shit and whatever. And even if he told me at the time, I wouldn't I wouldn't have said anything about it. But but he didn't want to tell me shit. And, you know, it, it, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that some kind of falling out happened between the two of them. Some legit actual big falling out, not just, oh, we just haven't had the time to hang out with each other. You got you got to understand, like, nobody fucking didn't see that you two were attached at the fucking hip. Like, Loudy was, you know, when G.I. Joes used to be out, they used to have, like, a little animal that came in the package with your figure and shit. So some of, like, the cool G.I. Joes would have, like, an animal with them. Like, a, the one guy had a crocodile, another guy had, like, a boar with them, and dogs and wolves and tigers and all sorts of shit. Um, Loudy was Matt Tremont's G.I. Joe animal that came with him in the package. Uh, just like Lauderdale was Gage's G.I. Joe animal. They would never sell that motherfucker by, this, by themselves. No one would buy just the, the, the alligator by itself, but it was cool as shit that it came with this fucking guy you were buying, you know. It, 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 they're accessories, you know. Loudy was an accessory to Matt Tremont, you know. And anywhere that Matt Tremont went, Loudy went. And then he was just part of the deal. So he became in, you know, circles that, to me, he never belonged in. Like, he, he, he just, he wasn't running a company that would rival any of this shit. But I think Matt Tremont gassed his fucking head up. And that's just, just my opinion. But the same, because, again, the same guy ran the fucking stadium in fucking Trenton. And didn't make the fucking money he needed to and didn't pack that motherfucker and didn't come near like a massive crowd in that in that joint 
And you know who wasn't there? Loudy, because he just, oh, he's going to just watch from home. Again, like, you can't tell me there wasn't a falling out when you were this dude's little sidekick. And uh, now you're not even in the building for possibly the biggest night of his life. Wrestling fucking Onita in a baseball stadium for his own company. You know what I mean? Like, but again, like when the cool, the coolness of uh, Matt Tremont went away, it just became Loudy's company. And then, you know, it is exactly what it's always been. It's a, it's a glorified shindy. But the thing is, is if you can uh, apologize, unapologetically run a shindy, and you can just put out your shit for what it is, book, book your little guy who you do your little dance with, with it with his, his boas, and you know book whoever else you want to book, and you know you could you could bring in your your Janellas and your your uh, Deppins on brother prices now if you can get them, you know back then like you know you had them, so that's cool that you'll have these guys coming through, but cut it out with the death match, cut it out with trying to do the the wrestling tournaments and shit like this. I mean you could do it if you want, but like it's just you're not gonna sell me it like it's like it's like it's the other shit that we're attending like the other stuff we're clamoring for you're trying to go and this is another one of those like don't don't fucking do that you're out of your lane right now you know so like there are shindies out there that are putting fucking a thousand people 1500 people in the fucking building uh swf is a piece of shit company but they run unapologetically shindy bullshit well, they'll they'll come to my local high school and they'll put a fucking uh, a thousand eight hundred or a thousand fucking people in that building. Why the fuck are you approaching? I think now approaching your ten year anniversary show and you're still doing shows with fifty people in that motherfucker. You should be embarrassed. Like you shouldn't you shouldn't have any pride. Any ain't nobody emotionally investing in a fucking thing. Now when you got fifty people in the crowd after nine years of fucking running. So you got to understand that there's something majorly wrong, but this is, again, this is that try-to-be-cool factor smashed into the shindy mentality. The, the let, me, let me get what I can get for as cheap as I can get it, but then also, like, let me try to be cool with the Deathmatch fans. Like, you, you're not cool, you're chilly, and chilly ain't never been cool, as the great George Carlin said. Um, but this is what happens because you, you invite that crowd to be there. And that crowd is toxic. I don't give a fuck what you say. Uh, you, you're inviting all the fragrances into the room, but would you, when you invite the fart in, everything smells like a fart now. That's that's what it is. You don't get to just pull that out and go, yeah, but you still over there is citrus. Now nah, I still smell fart, bro. That shit ain't <laughs> that shit ain't cool, man. You better get out of here. This this ain't even Macy's anymore. I think someone's shitting here. This is crazy. <laughs> And that's the, and that's that one toilet. That's it. <laughs> but um, but no, it's not it's not good. And and um, so the reason I'm bringing any of this shit up to begin with is you ran a show, um, my man Jeremy. I got your five stars, Professor J over there. He uh. You know, he's got his kids really, really invested in wrestling. You know, you might you might want to say emotionally invested in wrestling. And that's that's great. And he's bringing them around to these shows and everything else. And, and loud he is. He's been hitting Jeremy up since the inception of this company. You coming next month? You coming next month? 
he's been heavily pushing his company through, and which, you know, again, uh, is not really emotionally investing. That's kind of, you you know, pushing your shit on people that they weren't asking for. It, again, you show somebody something that they want to see, and they emotionally invest. You scream at them to emotionally invest and guilt trip them into shows. It has no substance. It's it's uh, They're there, but they're not there. And uh, you just got to fuck them a time or two, and then they're not there. Because there is no emotional investment. You didn't tie them into something that they couldn't live without. You just begged them to be there, and, and they wanted to be there for you. And then in the end, you know. So um ran a show where uh, apparently it was BYOB. Which uh, Loudy? Which, by the way, when I when I type Loudy into my um, my phone, it auto corrects it as lousy, and I never correct it. Like I just leave it because it's it's pretty accurate. Because um, Loudy, like Loudy, was like as far as I can surmise, was created via. He was called like loud CZW fan because he was just one of the drunk fans. He was drunk in the crowd, and he'd be loud, so it was loud CCW fan or whatever, and then when there was Cloudy, he became Loudy, and uh, I never thought that shit was cool, so, I mean, Lousy's fine for me, too, like, if we just go with that. Um, so, he uh, he runs this show, and then and, and Lousy told Jeremy after, after the fact, well, after the fact, um, as a matter of fact, after I told him that I had planned on talking about it on the show, then he responded to Jeremy because Jeremy had responded to him with his his um his problem with the show and the actions of the show afterwards, but he was just left on red until after I said something, and then all of a sudden he was responding to Jeremy with a chip on his shoulder, by the way, which he's got some fucking nerve because... Jeremy's a guy who's supported his company since day one, long enough to have kids to get old enough to bring to his show to up his attendance through his own fucking family. You ungrateful motherfucker, you know what I mean? Like that that's some wild shit to me. That's that's just to me because I, I don't I don't give a fuck about your company or, or anything about that, but that's some wild shit to me. You know what I mean, Jeff? Uh so Apparently, it was BYOB, which uh, Lousy told Jeremy, that's, we've been BYOB for years, however many years he threw at him. Like, that's just supposed to be all right. But um, Jeremy brought his two children there. Um, you know, one of his children are, is autistic. And, um, again, huge wrestling fan. This is the type of fan you keep for life when you make this, these people happy. You know, these, these are your paying customers. These, these are the people who would support your company, who would emotionally invest. You, you, remember you asked them to? So then they're there, and because you're BYOB and you got about 50 people in attendance, there's some slob fucking woman who's pouring liquor into a fucking uh, a solo cup from the start of the show. And by mid-show at your little 50 attendance shindy, she's screaming cocksucker over the shoulder of his children, which again... If you didn't mix the fart in, everything would smell fine. You know, Jeremy brings his kids to a lot of shows, and it's not the same experience. But that's that's a part of you trying to be cool to allow that that edgy crowd. Well, what it does is it pushes the family crowd away. 
if you make your fucking business as a wrestling promoter a place where families can bring their fucking kids, you'll pack a fucking house. You spread the word. You build enough of a company. You can tinker that company a lot of ways because it's yours. But a couple things you shouldn't do is bring the fucking deathmatch crowd in in any capacity. Um, encourage fucking consumption, especially of hard alcohol, because BYOB like it's you know bring your own beer usually. But I mean, if you expand that to like yeah, pour out of your flask all fucking show to the point where you're gonna be yelling cocksucker over the shoulder of um, you know children. Well then, you know, imagine like, you know, just, just in uh well you know what, let's let's finish the story. Um so that wasn't bad enough. At some point during the show, um, Jeremy and his children walked by, probably to go to the concession stand to to pay you more money, to put more money in your pocket. You know what I mean? Uh this this same drunk piece of fucking garbage that you invited into your show. Because that's what you're doing. By the way, BYOB that that's invite for alcoholics and and people who can't fucking function without it that would have been great for me i would have been pouring the fucking shit and i would have been sloppy fucking drunk and you know back in my day that that's that's what i would have been doing and i i I wouldn't be proud to have me in the building then either you know today me would not be happy that you let then me back you know that's that's how i feel um but um this now drunk piece of shit gets into it with his child and says says to him, your kid's eyeballing me. And he, he tries to explain, like, what's, what's this? Like, first off, like, what? And then says, like, you know, I'm sorry, but, you know, I'm sure if he did look at you a certain way, he didn't intend any any harm or any disrespect and she kept on with it like no like you know and this is the type of behavior you're allowing your paying customers you're invested since day one you're now expanding your crowd loyal customer to be harassed at this show by this piece of garbage who probably only attended because it was in walking distance or close enough where they could just spend the night drinking there instead of by themselves in their fucking house. So this is what you're willing to allow. Now, on one end, you can go, oh, you should have said something at the show. Yeah, but, like, you're allowing fucking BYOB. Security shouldn't just be a couple fucking students who bounce around and don't do a fucking thing but stare at the ring and wish they could be in it. It should be people who do somewhat of fucking looking around in the crowd and going, like, that shit's out of control over there. And I don't know. When you have only 50 people to watch, I'm pretty sure you could keep a fucking rain on that yourself if you wanted to. I mean, I don't know what kind of business you're attending to with this massively successful company after nine fucking years and 50 people in your building that you can't fucking keep an eye on things. I don't know what you possibly could be doing. But... You know, maybe booking the next masterpiece, the the next Masters of the Mat, or fucking locking in talent for that. Like, uh, you know, Don Montoya's got fucking an opening on that day, so maybe you could squeeze him into the Masters of the Mat. Like, the fuck out of here. 
But this is what I mean. And then when your customer service follows that, where you tell him it's your fault, you should have done this or you should have done that, you should be fucking ashamed of yourself. You know, that's the thing is, and, you know, this is the guy who hits me up asking me, like, hey, watch my show. Tell me what you think. I, I, I could just see the way you do business, and I could tell you it's garbage. I could tell you I was, I've been at your shows, and it was fucking painful for me. Like, going to some of the on-point shows was kind of like in that beginning stage where I started to feel like this shit isn't for me. Because this is like... I feel like I want to fucking leave and I'm not going to make a scene and be like, yo, like I came with Jeremy. Hey, get me the fuck out of here and shit. So I just got to suffer through the show and like it, it's garbage. And, you know, if you were lucky, the main event would be good or the, the, the last two matches would be good. But you just fucking sat through a half a card worth of absolute trash that, that it, I had no fucking interest in watching. You know, um, but that's just what it what it is and what it always has been. So, I mean, at this point, I can't be mad at it for being what it is, but um, to have any delusions that you're on the track for something or, you know. And, and you're you're bringing back guys who, like, uh, Hallow Wicked was on this past card. Where the fuck is he? He has been shouted out by more fucking wrestlers in their shoot interviews as being underrated. I, I don't know what the fuck. Like, so he has to have made a conscious decision to not be involved in some of these bigger companies or any of these bigger things because there's no way there wouldn't be a spot for him somewhere. Like, Loudy pulled out fucking New Jack when he was in his sweatpants. This dude fucking came out there, looked like he was, he was raking leaves before I, I did a show, and I said the same shit then. He looked like he was raking leaves five minutes before that fucking music hit, and he came out there in, like, fucking sweatpants, just crazy looking. Like, this is the shit we're talking about. Don't ask me how you... You know how you're doing, bro. It's not... It ain't got a fucking thing to do with anything that's ever entertained me. That That's that's how you're doing. You know? And now, like, again, that shindy formula. Everything's a fucking charity show. Everything's a... You know? But you, you're so... You're too far in, man. It's almost ten years now, and, and you can't pack a house. You know? Again... I'm the last one that wants to give Brett Lauderdale credit, but facts are facts. And when you could pack a fucking Hammerstein ballroom, you're succeeding. They went from Howell putting 80 people in the seats, which would have exceeded your crowd from this past week or whenever that show was. But that was that was uh, GCW failing. That was Ricky O on his way out looking at fucking Danny going like, where the fuck are, I thought there were going to be people. Because again, motherfuckers were gassing people's heads because that's like the way of the world in, in wrestling is it just keep telling each other, no, no, this is great. This is going to make money and this and that. And then it doesn't make money and someone takes a bath. Because no one wants to be honest with each other and say, it's not going to work, don't even do it. Because at some point, somewhere, someone's making money. And someone's having a fun night out just for being involved with it and shit. But it's not the one taking a bath in the end that had all the fun. It's just, uh, it's just a very um, disloyal, dishonest fucking business. And I'm, I'm an honest dude. So at this point, I got to where I'm just like, I don't want to watch anything about that. There's nothing about On Point Wrestling that I want to watch. I just, I have no interest. And especially, like, this this doubles me down, like, so hard that, like, I'll never watch On Point Wrestling because of the way that my friend's fucking family was treated in their fucking audience. Like, 
If I was fucking loudy, I would have got on my fucking Facebook the second I heard about that shit. I don't go fuck if he hit you up the day after the show, three weeks after the show, whenever the fuck it was after the show. If it was some shit that he was hanging on to when he left that building that happened with his fucking family, I would have put on my fucking on point wrestling Facebook or website or all of the above. Uh, is coming to our attention that, that there was an altercation or an incident at our last show. While we are BYLB, we, we would please encourage you to know your limits and to control yourself and conduct yourself in a manner that's not disruptive to our other fellow attendees, things like that. This is just off the top of my fucking head, but I'm not running a fucking wrestling company. That would have been saving face on your end and trying to put out some kind of statement, and then in your head going, like, I'm going to make sure next show I keep an eye out, and if someone's sloppy, I'm going to say, hey, man, you, you you got to tone that down, or hey, bitch, you know what I mean, whatever it is, um, this, this, this is the steps you would want to take as a business owner. I mean, again, you're not going to draw the Tournament of Death crowd because you'll never run Tournament of Death caliber tournaments so you'll never get the entire deathmatch crowd you'll just get enough of it to ruin the experience for your fucking families your family crowd who would bring a way bigger consistent audience because if you get a consistent family audience coming they'll fucking show up monthly they'll show up every fucking month they'll make it a tradition oh what are we doing next next show okay yeah hey you want to bring your friend next time or whatever you imagine imagine the 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 situation where that kid just say, because it happens all the time, hey, can I bring my friend to the show? Okay. Cool. Now, your friend bring, you you bring your kid, and you bring your kid's friend. Well, at your show, this lady's yelling cocksucker over the fucking back of this, this kid's head. This kid's getting, this lady's getting into it with the fucking kids. Hey, why are you eyeballing me and this and that? So now this kid's friend goes home. How how was how was your show? Oh, this lady was really mean to us. She was she was yelling these these terrible words at us and she was she was spitting when she was talking and she was uh she was trying to start a fight with us. And the the parent of this other kid is gonna go, What do you mean? Like and what did uh, what did Sir, you know, Mister Such and Such do? Well, I mean, he he tried to like tell her that like we didn't we didn't mean anything, but she just kept going. I mean, you're gonna look like I'm not sending my kid with that fucking parent ever again. Like, where the fuck is this parent bringing my fucking kid? That's how word spreads, and you don't sell fucking tickets. So while you're staring at your empty fucking envelope. Think about this shit because this this is exactly how you make money or how you lose money. And when you're just oblivious to it and then you just place blame at everybody around you when it's your fucking house. Not to mention, BYOB is cute until a motherfucker leaves your fucking building, drunken drives, and fucking kills somebody or themselves, and you're on the hook. Just like when a bar overserves you or allows you to overconsume in their fucking building, you're on the fucking hook. Where did you leave today? Oh, I left On Point Wrestling. I was at a wrestling show. Oh, yeah? Well, like, were you drinking? Yeah, it was BYOB. I fucking drinking, cocksucker in the ring. 
and now like, okay, well, uh, yeah, now now they're going to talk to you, and now you're probably going to lose some kind of promoter's license. Maybe the promoter's going to lose their license. I mean, whatever the case is, some kind of backlash is going to happen. You're not just like free and clear letting people get plastered in your building and pick on fucking you know autistic kids that's that that, that just, just doesn't leave you free and clear where you can make your own determination that it somehow wasn't your fault and you could tell the parent like yeah hey, deal with it or you should have told me sooner nah bro this this is that dumb shit this is that real dumb shit that you just don't respect people as as a human rather than like oh how was my show fuck how the show was like never mind all that you're doing horrible fucking business but I expect nothing better from somebody who only succeeded because of other people, because of Matt Tremont was, was standing there. That's why On Point ever was fucking every, anything. You think Loudy was starting up a fucking company without Matt Tremont standing next to him and they were fucking even getting that hundred people in the building? You really fucking believe that shit? Because if you do, you're fucking wrong. Because even Jeremy, he, he might have listen to Loudy's fucking emails every time, but he invested on Matt Tremont. He ain't got Loudy's face tattooed on his fucking body. So the fact that he still hung around and entertained your shit even when Tremont walked away, you should kiss his fucking ass, let alone let him be disrespected in your fucking building. But hey, man, do you, man. Have somebody else watch your fucking shows because, I, I like, you got bigger problems. You got way bigger fucking problems. Stop trying to be cool with the fucking deathmatch crowd. It's, it's, it's not happening. And that's the last crowd you want in there. That crowd is fucking toxic. And and then this, this is the other problem that they have when, you know, there's there's going to be Brian's going to try to do that shit too. Oh, it's a little bit of the old CCW in there. Bring Atticus Reigns back out. Oh, some fire bat or some shit. Until the parents are scared and then you lose half your fucking attendance. You know? And he ain't got a lot of it to begin with, so might want to fucking reconsider all. Back to the drawing board, fucking reset, go back to the fucking start. So that's that's just how I feel about that whole fucking thing. And um, I think a lot of motherfuckers are clowns when it comes right down to it. Um, you know, I, I don't, I, I can't see people outside of what they fucking show me, you know. When I was just a piece of shit, drunk, and yeah, I mean, I was doing some great shit at work still, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't putting forth a good image of myself as a human when I went out in public. I I couldn't go somewhere without drinking. I couldn't, you know what I mean? Like, so if people's image of me as that was bad, I earned that fucking image. People can talk all the shit they want about me, and oh, he says this, and he's an asshole, and he doesn't do that, but I hold myself just as accountable as I hold everybody else. The only problem that you guys are having is I'm I'm meeting my expectations when it comes to what I what I demand for myself. You can see that in my work, you can see that in my body, you can see that in my sobriety, you can see that in every fucking thing I do, I put everything I have into it. And you can't challenge that because I make sure I challenge myself to a higher extent than you can. You know, I make sure that I judge myself worse than than you can. So when you, you know, like we talked about this shit a lot over the years with CZW, like we, uh, I hold CZW to a high standard because they set that standard. And now I, I continue to make them live or want them to live by the standard that brought me in, the, the, that made me emotionally invest. 
So if you don't reach that standard, well, that's a standard you set that I, I just, I'm not, I'm not looking for you to fall short of that and still get my money. I'm, I'm not entertained in the way that I was when I was so invested because you were doing exactly what I wanted, you know, or, you know, enough of what I wanted to make it very, very worth my while. Because, you know, I'm not going to, like, bullshit and you be like, every Z-Bar match was the greatest thing ever as well. Like, I hated everything he ever did. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, and he, he wasn't a good dude to me. I mean, he apologized, like, before, uh, sometime before he passed, a few years before he passed. Um, you know, but he was he was too big of a scumbag for too long to me. So I don't I don't really give a fuck about any of that. So I'm not gonna preface what I'm saying with anything. But uh, you know, yeah, like I didn't enjoy shit he was doing out there. It was, it was garbage. Like a lot of that shit was garbage. The the Jeff Rocker shit was garbage. You know what I mean, like the, there was a lot of there was a lot of bullshit in CCW, but they still did so much that blew my fucking mind. Now I'm I'm measuring other things up against that. So again, it's just standard that whether it's a, a performance standard, whether it's a execution standard on a show, or whether it's just standard on your absolute fucking morals and your, your, the way you carry yourself in life the, and how you respond to things, the respect you give people who respect the shit, that's what I base it on, and I'll burn that fucking bridge fast. I'll just see something I don't like and be like, fuck that person, boom, move on, and I'm good. I don't need to fucking see anything else. I don't have to have a discussion. People would be like, well, why didn't we talk about dang shit to talk about, bro? I made my decision. I don't need you factored into this decision at all. I ain't coming to a committee. I ain't taking a vote. I don't fucking feel you, and I'm moving the fuck on. That's how it goes with a lot of shit in life, because what the fuck I'm going to spend time expecting shit out of the same person over and over just for them to come up fucking morally invalid. You know what I mean? Just, just for every time to be like, oh, they... Oh, yeah, they're going to act like they didn't see that shit. Oh, they're trying to sell me this shit as, like, it's the greatest thing ever. Like, knowing that I know better, but, like, you're going to talk to me like I'm stupid, so fuck that shit. I ain't dealing with that person. And the more people like that that you kick out of your fucking life and deal with genuine people, you wind up with a way, way smaller circle. And my my shit's a dot. Like, I don't fuck a circle. My shit is a straight-up dot. But at least if I look around, I'm not dealing with people who might snake me. I'm not dealing with people who might um, lie to me and underhand me and shit like this. I'm dealing with a couple people who I could talk to, and they know that I could, they could trust me, I could trust them, and, and that's it. There's no reason for me to operate outside of that box because you got to start being disingenuous. You have to start, you have to start really playing a role. You see people all the fucking time to play these fake ass roles and act all happy and cheery and then fucking 10 minutes later the person they were just smiling and high-fiving what they're talking shit about you know it's it's i'm not with it i'd rather tell you to your face i ain't really feeling you you know and i don't mean that literally like i need to go travel around and tell a bunch of shitheads that i don't like them for the sake of doing it so they can make a bad decision and take a swing at me and now I got to do fucking do some other other shit and put myself in a predicament. I just mean in the sake of, yeah, no, I'll just tell you flat out, I ain't feeling you and that, that's, that's what that is. It's like that and that's the way it is. You know what I mean? That's, that's it. Run DMC hit that shit on the head a long time ago. So, um, yeah, man, uh, I think that's about all I got. Um, trying to think if there was anything else. I almost think there was. I CCW, they're doing some more stupid shit. I don't even know. Uh, uh, twenty three 
is is like a big number on their fucking stupid ass poster, but only like old fans that actually know that it's the 23rd anniversary because this company is like such a such a different form of of what it ever was. It's it's nothing even remotely similar, and um, it's just a student show. It's it's Dojo Wars amplified or whatever. If you're lucky, if it's amplified, but um, you know. There's 23 on the thing, but, like, it's the 23 anniversary, but you're not, you're not keeping any kind of tradition going. You're not kind of, you're not going to do anything people would reminisce on. So why even bother putting that shit on there? It's just, it's silly shit. CZW is, is, uh, is a thing of the past. And again, be unapologetically shindy and you'll find a fucking crowd do that shit. Stop trying to be everything, because you ain't going to be everything. Right now, you're running a goofy-ass family show. That's what you're doing. But you're going to get too edgy, and you're going to scare the families away. That's what you're going to do. You're not going to get edgy enough to please the crowd who likes edgy. Not not as a whole, not as a mass. CZW's already burned that bridge. They've, they've gone too far in the other direction and fucked people over, and now they're trying to, to bring it up from scratch. But they still making promises to people, Tournament of Death will be back this year. What are you talking about? Why would you even do that? If you're trying to rebrand yourself so hard, you're going to try to go back and quick for a minute, please, everybody who, who missed this, and then go back to the bullshit where they're going to show up the next month and be like, what the fuck? Uh, guys, how did, you not lose, how did you not learn from anything over 23 motherfucking years? And, and again, I know DJ wasn't in it for 23 years. But he was a big enough fan to look at what worked and what didn't. So 23 years of a company going through its ups and downs. And if you can't tell that your formula is a big fucking problem, I don't know what to tell you, man. Um, yeah, let's let's leave it at that. Go, motherfucking Niners. Uh, shout out to Eric. Uh, man, lost big. Lost big. You know. Uh, Tommy stomped the shit out of that, that whole Eagles team. I mean, he, he fucked them up. So, um, but yeah, man, uh, I'm excited. And um, let me see. I know I got my motherfucking. Let me let me hit this real quick. Well, uh, I'm here in the freezing cold getting free chicken sandwiches because the food tastes great. I mean, there's no, there's no. I mean, it's chicken. It's fried chicken. It's fried chicken. I like fried chicken. Peace. Talk to y'all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's raining again. I'm tired of rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all of y'all and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers. I say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you? Good? 
Black Jesus tell me, tells me all the time to listen to what you got to say because you be blazing people. And I'm like, well, I got to hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth. Even when I lie. The Cusa Kick Radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the back guy. I'm going to tell you something straight off the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no food. 